Hey, this is Jeremiah Lutimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world of the world within and so you see the man who is going by the external world by the influences of the external world say society or perceptions sense perceptions thinks that he he is more valid don't relate yourself to any person anything any idea tell me Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. So before we get into today's episode and what we'll be unpacking and exploring today, I want to ask you guys, what recent episode have I shared that really was a game changer for you, that really shifted your awareness around something that you may not have been aware of or it brought a lot of clarity to some area of your life? I am really curious to know what that episode was and why it was so impactful for you. If you have 30 seconds of your time to just share that with me down below, I would really, really appreciate that. But also that your feedback also really means a lot to me. And it also helps the message find more people that are also going to be impacted by it, also might find resonance with it, and also might receive a lot of value from it as well. So thank you so much if you already have. Thank you so much if you just took a moment to do that. So in today's episode, I want to talk about productivity. So the title of this episode might be why I don't actually value productivity. And this has been a recent epiphany for me, really in the last three years of my life. And it's really been born out of my relationship with success and how in my own ways I define what success is. For a long time in my life, my parents defined my definition of success. Society defined my definition of success. The culture I grew up around defined my definition of success. In the last three years, as I've been embracing more of my gifts and responsibilities and really doing my best to commit fully to my life, commit fully to my relationships. And in that process, I find that... A lot of what we use to measure success didn't work for me. And a lot of roadmaps towards success also didn't work for me. Hustle culture didn't work for me. The nine to five didn't work for me. Climbing the corporate ladder didn't work for me. And it was once I stepped out of that world, because these were things that I tried to follow before I tried to adhere to, and it just didn't work with my nervous system. It didn't work with my capacities. It didn't work. Like, it, it just didn't work. You know, it didn't work for me. And I think there are some people in the world that it does work for. But for me, it just didn't. And once I stepped out of that world and started creating my own framework, started creating my own, I, I started creating my own process and path towards success, like what I define as success. 
but I found myself constantly duplicating the same things that I was irritated by in the corporate world or in the culture that I grew up in. Like for me, what that looked like was I would spend a lot of time forcing myself to write. I would spend a lot of time sitting in front of a laptop and trying to concentrate on whatever tasks that I need to get done, whatever project I needed to complete, despite my lack of passion for it, despite my lack of energy that day. And this revealed to me that I had duplicated the same thing that I hated about the corporate world, where I had to sit at a desk I had to try to concentrate on a task I wasn't interested in. I find myself constantly noticing the structures in which I existed in in the corporate world. I put myself in, like I force myself to do things that I'm not really passionate about, that I really don't want to do, and that my body is signaling for me to maybe do something else that will actually bring me the level of relaxation, stillness, or sense of peace, or sense of comfort that I actually need in that moment. But I disregard it, and I try to force and push myself outside of that window in order to get that thing done. And I found that the thread between all of these structures that I was duplicating that literally didn't work for me, one, I have ADHD. So these structures literally don't work for neurodivergent people, for anyone that is neurodivergent. You guys know that the way that we process information just really doesn't work with the box or the system that is given to us. And it kind of feels like we're squishing ourselves into a little frame and squeezing ourselves inside and trying to fit. And it doesn't really work and it constricts us in a lot of ways. So along with that, Everything that I was trying to copy and paste from the corporate world about concentration, about work ethic, about motivation, about all of these things, they didn't, they didn't work. They actually made me more exhausted. I started being burnt out very fast and I was overwhelmed very quickly. And I noticed that the line connecting all of these sets of actions that I was doing was my relationship to productivity. And... I realized that I was trying to be productive so that I can feel happy about myself. I can feel good about where I was at in my life, where I was at in my journey, where I was at with my business, where I was at with my projects. And being productive helped me feel good about myself. So I had tied my self-worth to productivity. And I believe a lot of us do that. And so in this episode, I want to share why I no longer do that, how I've been able to separate the two, and why I don't think productivity is really a value of mine anymore. And maybe my own personal experience can help you redefine your own values in some way. So let's jump into it. So I believe in our culture, we overvalue we overemphasize and we glorify productivity. And we glorify it and overemphasize it to a point where rest is an undervalued form of success, form of wealth, form of self-care in our culture. And the reason that I think that we overvalue 
productivity is because we live in a very masculine dominant world. And so what I mean by masculine dominant is that the qualities, the powers, the gifts, and the attributes of masculine energy are dominating our culture, are dominating us on an individual level, or dominating us as a collective. And what I mean by masculine, I'm not talking about men. Like masculine energy is not exclusive to men, nor is it about men. Just like yang energy is not about men. It's an energy that possesses a certain quality and is witnessed and recognized through a certain set of attributes like productivity, action, goal-oriented structure, systems, logic, and reason. So this is just a few of them. These attributes are very glorified in our culture, like somebody's ability to intellectualize their experience or to understand things from an intellectual logical frame is very praised in our culture and the intuitive mind doesn't really have space to be recognized and be praised or celebrated and what that shapes on a collective scale is for me what i see is this overemphasis and this overglorification of this value known as productivity. And I don't think it's helping us. I think at this point it's causing more harm than good because I believe a society does need to value productivity and productivity is a component of efficiency and effectiveness. And so when we're creating structures, we're creating systems, we're trying to improve as a collective the rate in which we're effective and efficient in doing so over a span of 20 years, over a span of 10 years, based on what we need to create for the next generation or what we need to create for marginalized communities, the, the productivity is a value that a society has to adhere to or uphold. But what I'm saying is there is an overemphasis. And this overemphasis has now created inside of a lot of human beings, I believe, this inability to detach my self-worth from my productivity or my rate of productivity or the things that I produce. Both of these are conflated as one. And that's what I mean, that we're in a stage in our lives as a collective as well, where this is actually doing a lot of harm. So for a moment, just coming back to the masculine piece, the masculine is always trying to bring things into its next embodiment. It's always trying to improve on what is. And so that has its own shadow because if I'm always trying to improve what is already here and what already is, if I'm always trying to look at something and see what about this needs work, needs improvement, needs to change if i'm always in that mode now i'm in the shadow and the shadow doesn't just manifest as a result of repression or suppression shadow also manifests as a result of over identification or over emphasis so if i overemphasize certain aspects of myself let's say i'm a writer if i overemphasize those qualities of myself i become a character 
like a very exacerbated version of myself because I'm so hyper fixated on the fact that I'm a writer and that becomes a shadow because it enters into this state to where it becomes a, an, a grandiose expression of what it was before. So where we're at now is we're now we're in this shadow expression of a very wonderful core value, productivity, but now we're in the shadow because we overemphasize it. We overemphasize it in the workspace, we overemphasize it in our relationships, and we overemphasize it in our relationships with ourselves. And what that creates is not human beings, it creates robots, it creates people that are more focused on their output, the finished product, not the process, not the creative journey, not who am I becoming as a result of what I'm producing or what I'm doing. And from that, there's a lot that's going to be lost. Like, is this something that I even want to be doing? Because if I'm focused so much on that output, on the finished product, I lose sight of myself through that journey. I lose sight of myself through that process. And that might mean that at some point while doing this, I no longer value this thing. I no longer value this relationship. I became called to a different career field. But I lose sight of that. I'm not able to be sensitive to that because I'm so focused on my output. And this is also heavily impacted by social media and the age we exist in, where people are very much so showing you the finished product version of themselves. Not many people are showing you the process of where they're at, the process of getting to where they're at. They're more so showing you the finished version of all of that, which might look like beautiful pictures at a wedding, but not talking about all of the things that took for that person to commit to that relationship or to choose this person or for them to be in a space where they're in a healthy relationship. That isn't really embraced or talked about or seeing successful people and not really learning that they're still struggling, like they still have things that they're healing from. And we see these celebrities, we see these influencers as embodiments of perfection. But a lot of these people have never looked at their trauma. A lot of these celebrities have never evaluated themselves at a very deep level. A lot of these celebrities aren't even, they aren't doing the inner work. So we lose sight of that because we have this image of perfection that's associated with what we also define as success. Like, wow, that person really fucking made it, man. God damn. But you lose sight of all of those other pieces that are important, like who are they as a human being? What's their character like? What's their values like? All these very crucial things. But we're hyper fixated on the finished product, the output itself. So when we're measuring ourselves and others based on what they've produced, what happens is we tie our own self-worth and that person's worth based on what they produce, based on the amount they produce or the quality of what they produced. 
So this means that we have externalized our value. Our value exists outside of us. And so therefore we are dependent on other people to validate our value in order for us to connect to it. So this could look like and manifest if you feel lazy or worthless, if you don't have a full busy schedule, or if you're not finding the work you're doing really enjoyable, something that's really making you happy or bringing you a lot of, or something that's not bringing you a lot of joy, but you're doing it to make others happy, you're doing it to meet other people's expectation of you, this is also an indication that you've externalized your value. Another big one is if you find yourself working all of the fucking time and not taking time to enjoy the other things in your life, like your friends, your family, uh, rest, coming back to some of the things that you used to be really interested in and passionate about, like your hobbies or your favorite sport or your favorite TV shows. And you find yourself also avoiding others so that you don't have to get behind on work. You don't have to get behind on tasks or projects that you have. You're essentially sacrificing a very huge part of the human experience, which is connection, which is relationships, which is friendships. And you're putting all of those things aside to spend more time working, to spend more time being productive. Because deep down, you are afraid of being unproductive. You're afraid of even being seen as lazy by others. You may have this idea that you're not meeting your goals fast enough, you're not reaching success fast enough, that at the age that you're at, with the experience that you have, you should have already been at this point of your life. Sometimes another way this can really show up is that if you're always okay with just doing something rather than doing nothing at all, that the thought of doing nothing at all scares you so much that you would just pick up any filler activity that serves no real purpose, that doesn't add any value to your life, but you'll just do that thing if it's spending 30 minutes on a task or picking up another project or doing something else that's seemingly productive just so you don't have to be doing absolutely nothing just so you're not just sitting there and being with yourself, resting, or watching a movie, or whatever it looks like for you to not be productively driven. And so to the people that any of these resonated with, and they can notice that these are struggles they have in their own personal lives, my point with that is to get you to see that who you are isn't really dependent on your achievements. It's not dependent on what you've done. It's not dependent on what you can do for others or your boss or your coworkers or your friends or your partner. That's not who you are. Like that's an aspect, maybe a fraction of who you are, but we have to really acknowledge that who I believe myself to be is entirely tied to what I do for others. And what that sets us up for is that our value becomes tied with how well other people can see it, how much other people acknowledge it. And this is a perfect recipe for low self-worth, low self-esteem, and low confidence. Because not everybody is going to see the value that you bring to their lives, or how brilliant and capable you are, for several reasons. It could be that they've never been able to do that for themselves. It could be that 
that who you are as a person, the things you're doing, the things you're creating in the world trigger the fact that they may not be doing those things as well or trigger the fact that they may not be showing up fully for themselves and committing fully to their lives. So there could be several reasons why people don't recognize and acknowledge the value in who you are and what you bring to the world. And this is why externalizing our value is not a sustainable way of living. It's not a sustainable way of creating relationships and it's not a sustainable way for measuring our own success and growth. Because the underlying belief that this creates inside of us is that the more we do, the more we achieve, the more success we have, even the more we improve on ourselves, the more we can gain love, acceptance, and security in our lives. So there's a scarcity that's manifested because we believe there's not enough love inside of me, and there's not enough love in the world to accept me just as I am right now. That there will be that love once I become something else that I'm not right now. Once I do more than what I'm doing now, once I produce more than I'm producing now, then I'll find that love, then I'll gain that acceptance because it does not exist right here, right now for me, nor does it exist inside of me. And so this is really what the busyness of our days, the overemphasis on productivity, the chaos, the goal chasing is actually helping us avoid. It's helping us avoid sitting with the uncomfortable feelings that are surfacing inside of us, that one space to breathe, that one space to be seen, that one space to be accepted and heard. When I'm too busy focusing on tasks, when I'm too busy focusing on projects, relationships, my job, or hustling more, it's a lot easier to not feel those things. It's a lot easier to avoid those feelings, those uncomfortable emotions. And this is why rest is so avoided in our culture. This is why rest is medicine. And this is why slowing down is the antidote to hyper productivity and hyper independence is because when you slow down and you take a moment to pause and rest the things that you're running away from now have a moment to catch up to you now have a moment to rise and surface inside of your body without you being there to tuck it back down to suppress it or to avoid it This is why for most people, resting is very terrifying because it's not about being seen as lazy. It's not about this fear of possibly being seen as a lazy human being, a lazy mother, a lazy father, a lazy person in general, because laziness is not a real thing. Like it's just a value that we've created based on this cultural system that we exist in that wants us to do more, that wants us to keep producing. So out of that manifests this idea of laziness. But the concept of laziness itself serves the system. It serves the machine that wants you to start seeing yourself as a machine and seeing others as machines. Not as human beings, but as machines, as things, not whole people. 
but as things that you can control, that you can grab, that you can manipulate, that you can contort to your liking. And my last point on this is how it manifests in our personal relationships. Because if you subscribe to this cultural value system that says there's always more of what you could be doing, you're going to extend this logic, this frame of thinking onto your relationships. And you're going to paste it onto your partners. So that means when you get in partnership, you're going to be thinking that person should be doing more to earn your love, right? They should be doing more to earn your respect, to earn your trust, to earn your affections and acceptance. So what they then define for themselves as self-improvement is really a process of trying to please you, trying to make you happy. But you're also doing the same thing. You're doing more. You're working on yourself. You're fixing these things. You're accepting, quote unquote, embracing, quote unquote, your shit, your trauma, whatever it is, to a point where you're constantly just doing, producing. It's just another form of productivity, right? Where our perfectionism or our hyperfixation on productivity becomes masked as healing, as doing the inner work, as improving ourselves. But beneath it all, we feel that if we're not doing that thing, if we're not constantly working on ourselves, that at some point this person is going to pull the love from us, pull the rug from under our feet, and maybe we'll stop being worthy of their love, affection, attention, and appreciation. So we have to really take a moment to reevaluate our value system, like how much of this is just something that we've been given and handed to and told that this is something that you need to be valuing if you want to be a successful person or if you want to be a good partner or if you want to be some, somebody that's great in your career field. Whatever it is, we have to learn to create systems that support our nervous system the systems we create for ourselves and the ones we exist in do not really support our nervous system's capacities and limitations. Like there's, for example, there's only so much information that your nervous system can process all at once. And I see it as food. Like you can't really digest three meals all in one day. You have to break those things out. And so this is why on the path, when you're stepping into embodiment, integration happens before embodiment. But integration requires you to take a moment to integrate all of the experiences, all of the wisdom that's been handed to you, all of the insights you've received, all of the lessons you've recognized in your past experiences. That is the integration process. But the integration process looks a lot like the metabolizing of food. When food is being broken down, when an apple is being broken down and the vitamin A, the vitamin K, the vitamin C, the potassium in that apple is being distributed to other areas of your body that are going to need it, to your brain that it's going to need it to function properly, to your liver. That is the integration process. And that process is something that we have to embrace on our own paths, but we have to understand that it requires a lot of fucking rest. It requires a lot of fucking space. It requires a lot of slowing down. 
and just allowing things to be before we try to take it into its next embodiment, before we try to step into something new. We have to allow things to really settle. We have to allow experiences to really marinate. And from there, we can really feel confident and the changes that we feel are going to be permanent. Like a lot of us have changes, a lot of us have realizations, a lot of us embrace new parts of ourselves, but those things don't feel lasting. Like the pattern turns up again, and then we enter back into an old version of ourselves. And it's like, fuck, I really thought this was it for me. I really thought I didn't have to worry about that thing anymore. And it's because the integration process is one that we didn't fully embrace, one that we didn't follow through the whole way. And so following that integration process through the whole way looks like prioritizing rest, looks like making spaces to slow down. And a lot of our lives aren't conducive for that. But we have opportunities is what I'm saying. There's always an opportunity. On the weekends, what are you doing? After you get off work, what are you doing? When you're with your friends and family, what are you doing? Why are you going to that event? Why are you going to that family gathering? You know you hate those cousins. You know you don't want to be around your mom. She's always bringing you more anxiety. Like Those are the opportunities where you really prioritize that rest. You really prioritize slowing the fuck down. It's not spending six months on vacation. It's not quitting your job and just doing whatever you're passionate about. It's about those moments in your relationship where you guys have been battling, have been healing a lot, and you just take a moment to really just enjoy one another, to just really celebrate each other, the growth that you can see in one another. That's what I'm talking about. It's that lunch break that you have for an hour where you just allow yourself to take a fucking nap. Not to be watching something or consuming something or learning about something, but just resting. So there are plenty of opportunities throughout our days to reevaluate and restructure and restore our relationship with productivity. Because right now, if I was looking at it from an outside observer and productivity was a person, and we were the person in the relationship with productivity, productivity is an abuser. We're in a relationship, we're in an abusive, toxic relationship with productivity. Productivity just beats us down whenever it wants to. It tells us what to do and we don't got no say in the matter. It degrades us and it diminishes our self-esteem and our self-worth and our self-confidence. So, we have to restructure that relationship. We have to restore that relationship and allow it to enter into one that's a little more healthy. And I know for a fact it's affected me where my whole life has really changed and I've learned how to create systems for myself that really nourish my nervous system, but also take into account my neurodivergence and the things that just don't work for me. And I can create a system for myself in that way that I longed for from these institutions, that I longed for from the colleges that I went to, the school that I grew up in. I wanted that from them, but I'm responsible for myself now. 
So I've chosen to now embrace that task of creating it for myself. And the best part of that is, I know better than anybody what doesn't fucking work for me. And so you do as well. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining this episode. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. Quick announcement, I am doing a two-part workshop that's for women. And the second part of the workshop is cultivating healthy masculine energy. And so in this workshop, one of the things we're going to explore is productivity. A lot of women are experiencing burnout in their workspace, at home, in their relationship with their family. What I just covered in today's episode is harming a lot of women and their relationship to themselves. And so cultivating healthy masculine energy, this workshop is really going to be unpacking how you can cultivate a masculine structure that really does nourish your nervous system, that really does protect and guard your softness without blocking love out, without blocking provision out. And so if you're interested in exploring that, hit the link down in the description below. I'm excited to see you there. And thank you so much for being here for this episode today. With that, I wish you guys a beautiful day, wishing you guys a beautiful evening, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace.